Episode 83, India's Human Spaceflight Program with R. Umam Heshwaran. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not-for-profit podcast produced by me, Gurbir Singh, amateur astronomer and writer based in the UK. I produce this podcast for my own education and share it as a free educational resource with anyone who has an interest. ATUK has no subscribers, ads, and you do not need to log in. For more information, please see the About page at www.astrotalkuk.org. R. Umam Heshwaran was born in 1963, the same year that a rocket was launched into space from Indian soil an event that is widely seen as the start of India's space program. He is currently serving as the Scientific Secretary to the ISRO Chairman K-7. He first joined ISRO in 1987 as an avionics and communications engineer at the Vikram Sarabhai Space Centre. In August 2018, just two months before this interview, the Indian Prime Minister announced India's plans to launch a crewed spacecraft from India to Earth orbit by 2022. Not all the details have yet been finalised, but one of the remarkable statements from this interview is that the first crewed mission has a high probability of including a woman. Some of the other points included crew selection has not yet started. It is not essential for potential applicants to be test pilots, although they are likely to have the required skills. Astronaut training support will be required from a third country, yet to be announced. Although, just after this interview, it was announced that it will be Russia that will provide India the astronaut training facilities. Two uncrewed missions will take place prior to crewed launch. No animals are required. Sensors and instruments will be sufficient. Prospects for a female to be part of the first crew is very high. The first uncrewed flight will start in late 2020s. A longer vision for India's human spaceflight program has not yet been defined. Mr. Uma Maheshwaran. What's your role in Israel at the moment? You have a very interesting history, but you're currently the secretary to the chairman? Uh, uh, sort of. My post is the scientific secretary uh-huh. to Israel at Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that way, I am the I am assisting chairman. And before that, uh, if I go back, when, you, when did you first join Israel? I joined in 1987. And that was at the Vikram Sarabhai Space Center? At the Vikram Sarabhai Space Center. And so, very quick hop through your early career. What did you do when you arrived in 1987? Basically, I am an electronics and communication engineer. Mm-hmm. All my studies is uh, throughout. I did my studies in Kerala, okay. uh, the southernmost uh, state of India. Mm-hmm. It's a small be- state. Be- beautiful one as well. It's, uh, it's called God's own country. Yes. <laughs> so, I studied uh, also in Kerala, all in government schools. I studied in Malayalam medium uh-huh. till 8th standard. Mm-hmm. 
or eighth grade as we call it. Yes. <laughs> then I then I switched to English medium. Mm-hmm. Lot of struggles because yeah. the change of from uh, a medium to another language, mm-hmm. English, uh, was a lot of mm-hmm. hardships were there. So how old were you that time? Uh, 12 years, 13 years. Yeah, that's very difficult to do a, so, such a switch. So I, I swam through. You speak beautiful English now, but you also speak, I know, about four or five other languages as well. Yeah. So, then after that, I completed my electronics and communication engineering from the Kerala University mm-hmm. Engineering College, mm-hmm. Government Engineering College, right. after which I had a very brief stint in uh, British Physical Laboratories, BPL, oh. that also in Kerala. Yes. Mm-hmm. For some one year I, I worked there, mm-hmm. then I joined Israel. And your first role in Israel was in uh, Basically, I joined as a, in the electrical integration mm-hmm. of a launch vehicle. Uh-huh. So, basic job is to integrate uh-huh. the electrical systems of the sub-assemblies of a right. launch vehicle, uh-huh. test them, uh-huh. then vertically or mechanically integrate them, mm-hmm. again test, and, and <laughs> yeah. make them ready for launch. And so, that, that, is, that is my core area. And, and you were doing that in, uh, in Kerala, they launched from Sriharikota, so That's right. they you always go by road from... Yeah, all the sub-assemblies are transported through containers to Sriharikota by road. And it's quite a big country, that's quite a long journey. Uh, it's a long journey, normally one container, because speed limit also will be there, because yeah. <laughs> a lot of, uh, it's specifically designed for mm-hmm. such kind of shocks and uh, accelerations. Uh-huh. So maybe it will travel maybe 24 kilometers per hour or 30 kilometers per hour. So generally it takes two days to reach Sirikota from Tuvalu. You're probably not old enough, but uh, Thumba, which is now part of Vikram Sarabhai Space Center, is where the first rockets took off from, from India. Um, you weren't old enough to see or meet Vikram Sarabhai, or did you see no. him? Actually, um, the ISRO, the life of Isro and life of mine are uh, synchronous. Right. In the sense, I was also born in 1963. So actually, when, when Isro celebrated the 50th year, uh-huh. very some some of us were uh-huh. also 50 years. Right. So we celebrated the golden jubilee together. <laughs> so you started off in integrating um, systems and subsystems for launch vehicles. Um, after that, um, yeah. We, Moved to uh, Bangalore or something? No, not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately after, uh, I was there as electrical integration engineer for quite a long time, mm-hmm. maybe 15 years kind of thing. I grew up the ladder. Yeah, right. Then uh, later I became a deputy project director in the GSMD project. I switched over from the system integration to mm-hmm. project. So this is the heavier, heavier launch vehicle uh, after PSMD. After PSMD, heavier launch vehicle. Then in GSLD project, subsequently, once the indigenized cryo stage mm-hmm. was made operational, mm-hmm. I was uh, the mission director for three consecutive successful launches. So you never saw or met Vikram Sarabhai? No. Actually, I remember uh, reading in the newspaper that uh, he's no more. Right. That, that is still in my memory. That's quite a profound moment for many people. Yeah. 1971, near the end of so, what was your, you, when you were the um, project director for GSLV? Yeah, actually, the, it was the first 
DSLE successful mission mm -hmm. with our own indigenous cryo stage, DSLE D5, mm -hmm. which was at that time the mission director was Dr. Shivan, the mm -hmm. present chairman of the school, uh -huh. and I was the associate mission director. Uh -huh. Associate, uh -huh. actually, I was the vehicle director. So, what does a mission director do? Is it like a, an overall managing management of the project? Overall management of the project and the overall responsibility of the project. Right. Yeah. He is answerable to the entire thing. That is the that is a responsibility of a mission director, and his word is final. <laughs> even if he feels that the launch should not progress, uh -huh. he can stop, and even chairman Israel cannot. Talk. Oh, okay. Right. And this is GSLV Mark II. You talked about. Um, did you work, go on to work on GSLV Mark III as well? Uh, actually, as a part of the electrical integration team earlier, mm -hmm. I was the designer for the equipment bay of the GSLV Mark III earlier. Mm -hmm. But subsequently, as a project, I have not worked in Mark III. After mission director, I was, as I said, mm -hmm. three consecutive uh, successes of GSLV right. uh, D2. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, GSLV Mark II. Mm -hmm. uh, then, after that, uh, I was... Uh, Transferred to avionics right. in Vikram Sarabhai Space Center. I was deputy director of avionics. And you still call it avionics, even though it's for a space launch vehicle. I always associate avionics with aircraft. Same thing. Same thing, but it's different. For, for, for launch vehicles also, it is avionics, which is basically aviation related electronics. So it's navigation and guidance systems. All of them. Navigation, guidance, control, instrumentation, pyros. Pyros Power systems. Oh, see. All are yeah. built in India. And GSLV Mark One has already had a successful development flight. The second one is due soon, isn't it? GSLV Mark Three. Sorry, GSLV Mark Three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, First flight was successful. Mm -hmm. The second flight is due next month. Next month. Yeah. Right. And that's quite an important uh, milestone. That's a great milestone for us because along with that, uh, we are going to have our high throughput uh, satellite. And these are the heavies, heavier, heavy, larger heavier satellites. And high throughput satellite, uh, which, uh, which takes us far into the Digital India program, right. as conceived by Honorable Prime Minister Narendra Modi. And this is providing, uh, when you say high throughput, this is the high throughput for so, digital communication. Yes, digital communication. So that what we feel is, after this, mm -hmm. uh, two more satellites will be launched. Right. So putting three together, we'll get more than 100 Gbps uh, kind of uh, throughput. That's by, by by the end of this year? That will happen by, end, I would say, first quarter of next. Okay. Now, the main thing I wanted to speak to you about but was... this GSLE D2, Mark 3 D2 flight is scheduled for next year. There's so much interesting things going on, but I'll just ask you about the most recent announcement by the Prime Minister of India of launching humans to space from India by 2022. So first of all, it's, uh, it's only been announced for um, less than a month now. Um, what's the state of play? I know you've done the suborbital test flight of the crew module um, back in about 10 years ago. You did the spacecraft recovery experiment, done a paddleboard test recently this year. What's left to do in terms of basic critical systems? Actually, uh, uh, the the announcement by Honorable Prime Minister was a real boost to us. Mm -hmm. uh, and then let me say that this Jaganyan program mm -hmm. is not purely ISRO specific alone. Mm -hmm. It is kind of a national program mm -hmm. wherein ISRO along with the academia mm -hmm. as well as the industries right. has to, uh, they have to come together in a big way mm -hmm. to achieve this very very 
I would say ambitious mm. uh, As far as the technology is concerned, fundamental technologies are concerned, we are through. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. We have the launch vehicle ready. Only finer tuning of the launch vehicle only is required yeah. mm -hmm. for, with respect to man rating, uh -huh. which is not a problem for us. Right. Definitely some more tests have to be done. Mm -hmm along with this, this time frame which we are planning. Right. Then uh, with respect to the crew module also basic engineering is yeah. already mm -hmm. ready. Maybe we have to augment it for some some levels yeah. which is also within our hands. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So that way basic technology wise, engineering, I would say engineering wise, mm -hmm. we don't have any concern or yeah. any issues. Mm -hmm. We are ready. Right. At the same time there are other aspects like the science of what are, what, what, is the, what are the science projects mm -hmm. that we need to do in a human space program? Right. Then definitely we are in the process of developing certain things like uh, cabin management or uh, environmental control and life support system. Mm. Uh, then also astronaut training. Yeah, we no. have a basic basic uh, capabilities with uh, astronaut training in our uh, in, in Institute of Aerospace Medicine mm -hmm. located in Bangalore. Mm -hmm. So they are they are familiar. They have the systems. They train Rakesh Sharma also earlier. Mm -hmm. So that basic infrastructure and basic requirements are available. But for a mission of this kind of uh, importance, definitely we feel that considering the four years time frame, mm -hmm. maybe we may need to enter into some foreign help, uh, foreign discussions or collaborations. Also may be called for. So we are in that process. So just in terms of the mission. The intention is to fly what two-man, three-man, uh, two or three-person vehicle to low Earth orbit for about a week. Is that the intention? Yeah. The design is the crew can is capable of carrying three astronauts or, uh, into a low Earth orbit of 400 kilometers right. near about uh -huh. for seven days. Right. That is the capability built. In. Right. Mm -hmm. But at this point, you haven't decided if it's going to be one, two, or three persons. We are still discussing. Yeah. And when. Prior to actual uh, humans going up in the spacecraft, you'll be doing some tests before that? Yeah. On, on, on crude, and will you be doing any tests with animals? Uh, the first part, actually, as you said, uh, the subassembly level, engine level tests are already planned, scheduled mm -hmm. right. for each stage. Uh -huh. And we will have two unmanned missions right. prior to the, the manned mission. Right. And we are not planning any, sending any animals, etc. Because already technology is very much advanced now, right. we can have the appropriate uh, instrumentation and sensors right. to understand and uh, know the scenario. Okay. And yeah. uh, that will be more than adequate. Yeah. You don't need dogs or chimpanzees as well. And the crew selection process, I'm guessing that's underway now? Uh, so discussions are on. Right. And as you rightly said, we have to start immediately. Right. We need to start. And I guess the um, initial crew selection will take come from uh, the Indian Air Force test pilots. Obviously, test, play, test pilots are one of the, uh, uh, the most optimal choices, definitely. Mm -hmm. But uh, we leave the option to people who are ready to fly also, right. because uh, when you are talking about sending two to three people, right. it is one commander or. Kind of uh, person will be required, uh -huh. but other two persons can can be uh, academicians or pilots also, okay. payload specialists. Yeah. So it doesn't mean matter. It doesn't have to be um, test pilots. <laughs> but obviously they have certain advantages, mm -hmm. physiologically, physically, training wise. <laughs> so obviously they are one of the 
first choice is right. And, and what's the prospect? What's the likelihood that you might have a, a female as part of the first? Very high. Yes. Oh, excellent. I am really um, impressed with the selection that Israel's made for the director of the Human Space Program, Dr. Lilita Kambita. That's also not only that she has been selected based on her capabilities. Mm. Oh, she's a very accomplished Absolutely. engineer. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but we are also proud that we have selected a lady. Yeah, uh, me too. So, coming back to the astronaut training, um, I did Rakesh Sharma did some training with the then Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, there was uh, at least a part training with the true Israel engineers who were going to fly with a shuttle back in the mid-80s. Uh, that mission didn't happen. Yeah. But... Uh, so currently you're looking at uh, getting astronaut training initially from Russia, US, Europe. Oh, we are in the discussion process. We'll find that out. And whichever is suiting us, we have to decide. Yeah. And the timeline that you have uh, is uh, when would the first uncrewed flight take place, do you think? That is definitely uh, 2022 or before. 2022? Or before. Or before. No, the, the actual unmanned flights, because you'll have to do two. Unmanned tests. flights will start uh, probably 2020. Right. 2020, late 2020. Right. Okay. And I know the announcement that the Prime Minister made was just for low Earth orbit uh, initial flights. Is there a vision, a longer vision, of what happens with human space flight in Israel after that? Uh, some deliberation, some brainstorming mm-hmm. is, being, is going on. We need to more crystallize. Now our, our entire thought process, that entire, uh, I would say, efforts yeah. are to see this, these missions. This is our top priority. I know you're always busy, but this is going to keep you busy for the next few yes, years. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, um, I could go and talk to you for many uh, more hours, but... Uh, I know you've had a very long day, very long week, and you've got a very early start tomorrow as well. I'm very grateful for your time this time, and until next time, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much for meeting you, and uh, I really appreciate you, the enthusiasm and the, uh, I would say, a kind of uh, passion. Thank you. We really uh, appreciate appreciate that. Thank you very much.